jump in the line. Rock your body on time. Okay, I, I believe, believe you. you. Jump in the line. Megan will get up and dance around to that. That was your one of your favorite childhood memories, Heck right? Yeah, it was best best birthday ever. <laughs> tell what, what tell them what what happened at your birthday. <laughs> well, we watched Beetlejuice all sitting around my coffee table, and it came to that that scene and um where they're sitting at the the dinner table and everything, and they do that dance and everything, and we we copied the dance and we did it over. And over, and over, and over. It was amazing. My dad was like, oh my God. <laughs> He's probably really enjoying it too, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. That was one of my cherished birthdays as a kid. Yeah, so you were just doing it over and over again, basically like you have to do your lines whenever we do our skits and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, just like that. Just I was prepping even back then because <laughs> I knew I couldn't get it right the first time, so... <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we should do a proper hello. Hello, everybody. Hi. What's up? (laughs) What's going on? Welcome to Geeking Poetic Podcast. Yay! I feel like Kermit the Frog. Yay! (laughs) Uh, It's been a little while since we've done one of these. Right? Something like this. Yeah, we are. We're. We're. This is for those that have been following us for a while. Man, we are back with the old format. We are here. We're going to talk about our top five favorites of a particular topic uh we've got little segments we've you know i'm sure we're gonna argue and bicker amongst each other i already know we're gonna argue. oh yes we are <laughs> i already know because we're already privy to each other's lists <laughs> and yeah but um yeah i am larry roberts across the red table here behind the red door is none other than Vito, and then the uh and then the deo deo right here in the <laughs> middle talking about singing leaping around like a crazy little maniac. We have none other than Megan. Yeah. And what is the topic we're going to talk about today? Tim Burton. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The old TB. Yeah. The old TB. You know, tur- tuberculosis. <laughs> you think Taco Bell. I think tuberculosis. <laughs> did you get your TB shots? Hey, did you get your TB shots? It's like <laughs> you can't get into the army without your TB shot. <laughs> Suddenly it's 80 years ago. Um, yeah, we're talking about Tim Burton because I think we all agree that to varying levels and stuff, we all really like Tim Burton's style. Yes. Oh, yeah. And everything. Yeah, obviously. We got, Megan's got her. I mug. love it. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Um, yeah, this was, honestly, this was one of the topics that some of you out there actually recommended. We had a couple people say, hey, you ever going to talk about Tim Burton and and uh, I think Angie came up to us on, on the boat on the cruise. <clears throat> we were on the the metal cruise, the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise, and we ran into a friend and follower of this podcast who said, "Please talk about Tim Burton soon." And we said, "You know, that's already been brought up by others and discussed." So we're doing it, doing yeah. it, fucking doing it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this, mm-hmm. um, even though I totally don't agree with some of your guys' fucking choices. That's your problem, not ours. Yeah, it is, apparently. So, like, can you guys remember, just, I, you know, I always like to do this, we we'll keep it brief, but do you guys remember, like, your first exposure to Tim Burton and when you decided you, like, dug that style? Do you remember, Vito? Batman 89. That was it, huh? Okay. And then Edward Scissorhands, like, what, a year later? Yeah, he went through a period there. He slowed down mm-hmm. in recent years, but he went through that period where he was super like, prolific, yeah. man. Every year, every other year, he had a movie out, and mm-hmm. they were, like, Incredible. Incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was he was like 
on top of the world there in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, I don't I don't know if I can think of another very few other directors around that time. Can you really say that about other than like the obvious ones like Spielberg was still a big deal? I don't know. I mean, yeah, James Cameron. Cameron was probably. Yeah, I would say Spielberg, Cameron and Tim Burton. Yeah. If you think of like that beginning of the 90s kind of stuff, you know. And then you had other guys like Bruckheimer and yeah, stuff yeah. that came, you know, as well. But yeah, man, he, the, the guy, very prolific in a lot of different kinds of movies. I mean, they all had his style, but the the topics were all over the place, man. You know, space aliens or like... Afterlife. Afterlife yeah. stuff, right? Exactly. Um, the, the old, old, you know mid period or early period like 16th 1700s kind of shit like he even did planet of the freaking apes later <laughs> and stuff i mean like all over the place you know? i was re- he's terrified of apes oh is and he, he really? did that movie he like sucked it up to do that movie oh <laughs> can you imagine because those apes look badass in that movie what you can say about other aspects of that movie uh, yeah but man i thought it looked amazing did you ever see you've seen him i saw it in the theater when it came out but that was the only time you're talking 20, 20 years, years ago, ago, right? Yeah, yeah, about 20 years ago. Megan, what about you? Adair, did we already get our We answer? already <laughs> talked about it. Beetlejuice all the way. Yeah. I just fucking love that movie to yeah. death. It's seriously one of my top five favorite all-time movies. That's not giving away anything, folks. <laughs> I, I, you know, Do we have any idea what her number one will be? We don't know. Yeah. There's so many good contenders. Yeah, I suppose. I didn't say that was... He said he, he's in my top five all-time. Doesn't mean another one of his isn't. Oh, okay. All right. That's a See? good point. Oh, Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I give away shit, did What I? the fuck? <laughs> Getting called names? We're like five minutes into this thing already. <laughs> Jeez. Um. Yeah, as far as for me, that my first exposure to him was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Okay. Because well, that was, what, 85, yeah. 86, somewhere around there. Um, And that was when I first really kind of became aware of him and, and whatnot, but... It it was hard to like realize like what he was all about from that movie because I just associated it with being more like oh well this is weird and quirky and neck because it's Pee Wee, mm-hmm. not realizing that really it was kind of more Burton sort of sort of helping to create Pee Wee because that's the one thing I did know is that Pee Wee Herman was not a fucking child's entertainer, folks. I don't know if you people realize this. Have you ever seen any of the early stuff? Like when he was in the Cheech and Chong movies? No, I didn't see those. Have you? Oh, gosh. Yes. You haven't seen those? No. Oh, Dude. my God. It's like my ass itches. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's vulgar. That's why I laughed later when... when was this uh, pre-Playhouse? Oh, fuck oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I laughed later when, like, you know, he got busted going into... Jerking the, off at yeah, the porno theater? And all that stuff. And people were like, oh, I'm aghast. He's a child's entertainer. How could they? How could he do that? I'm like... Motherfucker, hey, you guys never watch a Cheech and Chong movie, have you? He's snorting coke and shit in there. Oh, Don't like he's like a couple of fucking assholes and he's snorting coke and it's like, whoa. <laughs> and he's Pee Wee Herman in it. I mean, in some of the in the one scene he actually gets up to do like stand up as Pee Wee because he was a stand up comedian. Oh, okay. He gets up to do stand up and then Cheech and Chong are heckling him. He's like, Well fuck you guys, you fucking co-. So I mean, this was not a child entertainer. It it was totally bizarre to me when he started with like big adventure and playoffs and i was like oh this is 
Really? Okay. He's like, he's a kid's thing now? Because I, I, my father had me watching Cheech and Chong movies when I was like six and seven years old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, wow. I, w- I, already, I was well acquainted with, with you know, Pee Wee Herman by then. Because <laughs> I'd seen in Big Dreams, like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anybody just watch it. It's it's. We're gonna have to have Vito a watch party with make Vito watch. Yeah, it for the first dude. Time. Yeah, we're That's gonna one make, of our geek please. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna make you do the round table, and you're gonna have to watch one of those those Cheech and Chong movies because they're dude. <laughs> I think you're gonna like it more than you realize. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that was my first exposure to him, and um, but I didn't really grasp what he was all about until Beetlejuice. That was when I was like, whoa, because that I was in high school when that came out. And like there was nothing else like it. There was nothing. I couldn't compare it to anything. And mm-hmm. I can remember talking to people and being like, hey, have you seen this Beetlejuice movie? And they're like, oh, what's it like? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't even, know. <laughs> it's it's got Mr. Mom and he's like this dead ghoul, but he's really funny. But he's kind of and it's weird and. And it's got a Baldwin in it and Gina Davis. and But it, I, it's really weird. It just looks kind of like a weird gothic comic book brought to life. And it's, uh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that really kind of is it. It's sort of like a gothic comic book brought to life. A lot of Tim Burton stuff is that. I mean, mm-hmm. Batman, you know, Edward Scissorhands. It, it is all, it has that sensibility to it, you know. Burton actually started as... Uh, uh, an animator and stuff with Disney back in the 80s and they they basically fired him. <laughs> like, this is too fucking weird. You're out. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. He was bringing ideas and they were just like, this is not the Disney way. <laughs> you know, so somebody tell Robert Smith from The Cure to get out of here because <laughs> obviously he was very goth influenced. That's where that hair came from. But thankfully he found his way, you know, and and it's amazing in retrospect now to think that he got handed something as major as Batman. You know, like mm-hmm. think about that. Like the, at the time, I mean, they had no idea. This was pre superhero movies being like. Yeah, wasn't this like the first? It well, I mean, you had you had Superman. Movie? You know, a decade yeah. before, but but so yeah, the first cool. <laughs> Superhero oh, movie made. Fucking god! Was Batman '89. Dude, yeah. you're so wrong. Well, wait, I mean, was Superman four out by this time? '89. Yes. Yeah. Okay, then maybe not the first. But <laughs> <laughs> and the fights begin. And that's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Geeking Poetic. Because I mean, how do you even follow that up? No, but it was definitely the first. Um, superhero movie i mean there hadn't been anything really of any significance for almost a decade you know Mm -hmm. and i mean i think a lot of people looked at superman by that point as like an anomaly like oh well you know yeah that was a big hit but generally like superhero movies are not a proven thing but they made this movie with this big cast and a lot of money and a lot of effects and everything and that, that alone was a big gamble and then on top of it, they handed it to Tim Burton. And whoever had that fucking genius idea, you know. Thank say, you. Yeah. <laughs> to say, make it, give it that goth, gothic Gotham feel, you know what I mean? Like, we need that, like, brilliant. 
Anyway, so we can we can wax even more ecstatic about these movies uh, as we go through our top five. We're going to go around. Each one of us will talk about our number five and then our number four, three, two, and one. And we'll have some honorable mentions and stuff like that. So uh, before we get into that, I believe Miss Megan here from Miss Megan and her school of peculiar children. Um <laughs> I believe that she, yeah, it's us. I believe she has some quirky little life lessons, right? I sure do. That she gleaned from watching all these Tim Burton movies in preparation for this. And then she's going to lay them on you right meow. Hi everybody, Megan here with another set of life lessons that we can use to get through our everyday lives. This time I've put together five life lessons that we can all learn from Tim Burton movies. So pick up your pencils and put down your lunchbox, class is in session. Number five, treasure the ones you can truly trust. Tim Burton's films have crossed over many genres and eras, covering classic tales dating back to the 17 and 1800s, to futuristic adventures, and even more than once taking a look at the mysterious happenings in the afterlife. But even with such a diverse library of stories and ideas, he repeatedly returns to the people he can trust and has them join him in the making of his films. Whether it's calling on Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, and others in many various roles. Or his reliance on people like Danny Elfman to create the perfect musical backdrop. Or even sometimes lending his own beautiful voice. Burton shows that it's best to keep a tight group of people around you and will always be there for you when you need them. Tim Burton obviously understands this. And he realizes it's better to rely on your inner circle than to branch out just for the hell of it. When you find someone or something that works and clicks with you, hang on to that and make the most of it. Number four, you always hurt the ones you love. Continuing on with the idea of keeping the people you trust closest to you, it also needs to be noted that sometimes you just can't help but hurt the ones that you love. Much like the hellacious headaches that people like Ed Wood, Jack Skellington, and Willy Wonka would inflict on all those people they work closely with, Burton too could be known to put his closest confidants through the same shit either due to its peculiar demands, rigorous quest for perfection, or sometimes just being a bit of a devilish bastard. Have you ever noticed how many times he set Helena Bonham Carter on fire in his movies? Something tells me those were written after a couple fights back at home. That is one hell of a way to get revenge on your spouse. But ultimately, that's what happens when you work closely with those that are close to you. I mean, just look at me. I've been working with my two friends at Geeking Poetic for years now. Now, while there were times I did things, I put them through things that may have been a little painful or embarrassing or just downright hilariously brutal. I mean, of course it was done with the utmost love and respect for my cohorts and never because I just enjoy watching them go through hell for my pleasure. No, I really mean it. Number three, don't discard an imaginative idea. So we know Tim Burton has had some amazing success with many of his stories and characters he's created over the years. From Frankenweenie to Beetlejuice to Edward Scissorhands and so on, he's created some of the most beloved and memorable characters in the movie universe. But what you may not realize is that many of these ideas didn't come to him overnight. 
and somewhat surprisingly, he didn't think they'd be a big success or even worth pursuing. From an early age, Burton has been creating these odd characters from his overactive imagination. Sketching them out just for fun, or simply just needing to get them out of his head. And then onto paper for posterity. Many who saw his work thought it was too strange, too different, and not commercial enough to even bother with. At the start of his career, he tried to bring these characters to his bosses at Disney. And not only did they not get it, they even fired him for wasting their time. Well, luckily for us, regardless of their negative backlash, Burton went on to create some of the most imaginative and unique stories of the 20th century and beyond. And many of those stories came from the ideas he sketched out when he was young. This just goes to show that if you come up with a truly unique idea, don't just discard it because other people don't get it or because it just all seems like an impossible dream. When the time is right, these ideas will have their time to shine. See Disney, not every success has to be stupid Toy Story or Frozen. I guess you guys were the big dummies to let it go. Ugh. Number two, don't be scared to add your own flair. To say that Tim Burton has his own unique style is an understatement. Right from the start, his taste for the unusual and abstract was clearly evident. Especially with how he creates his characters and his backgrounds, and even how he tells people how to move and speak. Burton's never afraid to not only stand behind his own creation entails, but he's also got the courage to take well-known classics and put his own flair on them. He can give you something new and different, but make it feel familiar. But at the same time, he could take something that's familiar and make it new and different. It takes a particular kind of courage and determination and belief in yourself to be able to pull that off. But over and over again, he's shown that it can be done. And while underneath it all, his stories tend to touch on the same kind of themes we see in all the other stories, such as love, loss, friendship, family, courage. Burton manages to service all these familiar tropes in a way that comes off fresh and interesting. Not to mention, completely unique to his own personal style. So no matter how odd or different you feel that you are compared to everybody else out there, don't let that hold you back from using it to your advantage. You might create something really cool and special. Number one, just because you're weird doesn't mean you're not a winner. I think it's safe to say that the prevailing theme throughout Tim Burton's movies is the story of lovable losers. Those people who are initially made to feel like outcasts, oddballs, and weirdos. But they ultimately end up being the hero or the heroine that triumph in the end. And while it doesn't always end up having the perfect fairy tale ending, inevitably these characters prove to everyone that just because they look odd or stand out from the crowd, it doesn't mean that they're not worthy of love and admiration. Burton shows us that you don't just have to conform to the norm. Because honestly, that rarely works out in the end anyhow. Let your true colors show through and let your freak flag fly. Too many people just judge a book by its cover and assume the worst. Just like many folks did to Burton himself early in his career. And I think it's safe to say that his massive success as an artist, director, and creator proves that even the most unusual characters can be the most successful and are revered when they stay true to themselves and stand against the doubters. Stay strong and fight back, gothic nerds! Well class, that about does it for this batch of life lessons. I hope you found something that was valuable and good that you could take away with you for your day-to-day -day life. It's not always easy being a geek, 
but stay strong and diligent and you can be a success too. On that note, class dismissed and I'll see you again soon. Bye. All right. So those were some uh, those were some mighty nifty life lessons. I know that they're very, very important. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs sure. to remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully it'll help some dumb bastard out there. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that feels a little lost that needs, you know, motivation to stay true to themselves. Yeah, I think it. I think that's exactly what they do, too. That's exactly what they do. See, geeky what poetic. I do. Yeah. <laughs> learning you <laughs> but all right are you guys ready to talk about these uh top five I'm let's do ready. it all right so we'll go around and talk about our five we as always we start with you Vito. Vito, what is your number five favorite tim burton film little amazing movie i like to call mars attacks jesus jesus christ, christ. <laughs> <laughs> fucking movie why didn't we see that coming all right, we'll just go ahead and like we'll talk about. Let's talk about it. What so what what do you dig about Mars Attacks? Why is it why is it a top five? Uh, first of all, it has Martians in it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it's basically it's heavily influenced by War of the Worlds. Yeah, that's true. Um, the dialogue and delivery of the dialogue is incredible. <laughs> Jack Nicholson plays like two or three amazing characters in it. Right. Michael J. Fox is great in it. Um, visually, it's just. It, the way the Martians talk and their language is fucking hilarious. There's this Martian girl that they use to like infiltrate the White House. Yeah. And the way she walks and just acts is just, <laughs> it's incredible, dude. There's this scene where she's walking and then Martin Short is like ahead of her. So she's got to run and she does this weird like, dude, I just, catch up to yeah, it's, it's so good, man. <laughs> Oh, I would have loved to have watched that with you just to see your reaction. Yeah. I was, you know, when you know when you watch a comedy and like you know it's funny when you laugh by yourself. Mm-hmm. I was laughing by myself the entire fucking time because <laughs> I haven't seen this movie since it probably came out. So yeah. I recently just twenty five years ago. Yeah. So I forgot how good it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. It. Yeah. It, it, I. I can't say it's a. It's not a bad movie. It doesn't make my top five because I don't like that kind of um there that sort of 60s early 60s kitschiness about it yeah i'm i i do like that sometimes but i'm real picky about it and there was something about when this came out that i don't know what it was because i wasn't i was as a collector and a toy card store dealer guy back in the 90s i had a store at the time this came out and i remember they started coming out with all the mars attacks they were re- reissuing the old cards and stuff mm-hmm. that they're based off of. And I was just like, ah, I just never really cared for that style. I didn't like the Mars attacks or like rat fink and all those kind of sixties yeah. sort of thing. So I think that affected my viewing experience when I did see the movie, I was so visually kind of like turned off by it, but I have to admit and I, because I can admit when I'm, you know, when I have a change of heart, I have to admit that when I was watching some scenes um, and watching bits of this movie to try and find stuff for our teaser, which hopefully you all watch the teaser because it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> when I was watching the teaser we made for this episode, um, that I was watching more scenes and stuff, and I was laughing at it, and I, I, I think this is one of those movies that retros retrospectively. I can appreciate more than I did at the time. Yeah. But at the time, I just was, you know, eh. 
I don't know. It didn't it didn't jive with me, but I'd be willing to give it another shot. So good. I don't even know if this did well at the time of release. I'm going to guess not. No, it it did middling just because people I don't know if either they didn't get the style of humor, or they didn't know it was referencing fifties, sixties stuff. Well, or... I, I knew it was referencing that. It was a time when people were so invested in Independence Day, yeah, and you know the Alien series, Terminator. Like, yeah, and there was some humor and stuff in that, but like the aliens were big and scary, and it was menacing, and it was like edge of your seat. And Mars Attacks was just so <laughs> campy. <laughs> And Nicholson is just so fucking over the top in this movie and everything that I think it was just like, oh, okay, this isn't what we were expecting. And yeah, I think a lot of it was people not being familiar with. I think Larry doesn't like it because Tom Jones is in it. <laughs> oh, God. Tom Jones, dude. <laughs> Look, like, it's not unusual. No, yeah, see, they play like five times at the end of the movie. I know. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't hate Tom Jones, for people to understand at home. If they're like, how can Larry not? I don't hate Tom Jones. I hate what's new pussycat. <laughs> Whoa. Dude. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't fucking do it. We found Larry's thing. That is my thing. Yeah, that is my thing. Yeah, that is my equivalent of you and bananas and you and pickles, all right? My thing is what's new, Pussycat. That it literally is like an ice pick into my fucking brain, all right? <laughs> and I don't mind I I mean, he's got some other fucking moisturous songs like Delilah. Delilah. And even those I kind of roll my eyes a bit, but I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And he's he's a he's a great performer and got a good voice and stuff, but Fucking what's new, Pussycat? No, and I don't think he does that in that movie, right? No, it's just the uh, not unusual song. Okay, that I can deal with. I can, but yeah, okay. As long <laughs> as it's not the Pussycat, there's a movie with that. that no. Brum, what's new, Pussycat? Ah! <laughs> God, I hate that. Oh, anyway, now what do you, are you? You're not into Mars Attacks. No, I watched it when we did our, our Alien, mm. or Mars, it was our Mars episode, actually, I That's think. it, yeah. Yeah, I watched it, I was like, what the fuck is this? So my question to you is, now that you've rewatched it, do you think it would have made that list? Um, the Mars list? Or do you think you're, you're sticking with your five for Mars? I'm probably sticking with my five for Mars. Okay. Yeah, yeah because this one's like, um, like, I like it, but it's to me it's less about dealing with Mars and it's about just like, the comedic aspect of it, I guess, okay. or the other movies in my list, I think were more Mars centric. Gotcha. Okay. You know? Vito takes his. We know Vito takes his Mars. Very serious. Because yeah, this movie, these seriously. these guys could be any from anywhere. They could have been some like Asmonian Asmonian tribe that didn't even speak English, and it would have been funny. You know, even <laughs> minus the technology or whatever. But right. You know. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was going to be something if you switched. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I think I he, forgive you now. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's made a good. <laughs> yeah. Good point about it. Megan, your number five? My number five I chose was 2012 Dark Shadows. That's cool. I have not seen that one. No? Oh, it's it's fun. Not as comedic as your fucking Mars Attacks, but <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. It's um Johnny Depp's in it, and he plays a guy that got stuck in a love triangle and ends up becoming a vampire and... And he's got this evil woman. There's a witch, and they like for centuries, you know. He comes back. She's like buried him, and mm. to get rid of him. And then he eventually comes back, and then they right. battle it out and everything. And it's all about like him, like family's everything to him. 
and so it has this whole family in there but and I don't know I think I think it's a fun story of you know rebuilding your family and everything and then at the same time you're having to suck people's blood like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I have to yeah he's and very- they're like doing blood transfusions and stuff like that to try to help him so he's not killing everybody and yeah. and then also battling it out with his witch to to get rid of her ass yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's cute. I love that scene with him on the beach when he runs into those because it takes place in like the the late sixties, early seventies. You know, yeah. like the original Dark Dark Shadows TV sh- series. That's what it's uh, based on. Based on and lampooning a bit. Where he's on the beach talking to these uh, like hippies, basically, and he's just like telling them this sad story, and they're all like, "Wow, oh, and, man, wow." Yeah, and and so he's fun. and he's just so like, man, it's really good to have all of you to you like talk so to. Nice. You guys are so nice, and like this is awesome, and I'm so glad I met you. I really, really am sorry that I have to kill all of you now and, and <laughs> drink like, your what? blood. And they're like, what? And he just slaughters them all and <laughs> drinks their blood. And it's that that scene I think kind of sums up this movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Like, you know, um, I like this movie. Uh, I have never sat and watched it in one setting beginning really? to end. I've always seen it in bits and pieces. So I've seen most of it and I've seen beginning, middle, end. As such, I don't recommend anybody do that with this movie <laughs> because it's hard to, it's hard to really un- understand it, I guess, because there's a lot of characters. There, yeah, there's a lot of different angles, like the the whole love story and stuff with him and the nanny. I was like, I, I could really do without that part. That was my right. least favorite part. I was like, I don't get why she's fucking in here. <laughs> I mean, I get that, you know, he's got to bring back the old flame and stuff, and she's kind of like reincarnated, I guess, or brought from the other one. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it, but that that's my least favorite part of this movie. Yeah. Meet him and that witch is the, the best part with her like two forces battling each other it was an interesting idea to take that series and try to make it into something like that i think the downfall of it is and again maybe it's just because i'm familiar with the old tv show Mm -hmm. is there's so much more and i feel like it was like well we have to whittle this down to a two-hour movie and kind of make it work and there was a lot of so there's i think there was a lot of elements like that maybe with the nanny and other stuff where it was like he had to get that in there, but it really should have been over explained better. Yeah, it if didn't he had have, more time, it didn't have the time to okay. explain it because you're trying to take a whole TV series and whittle it into a two-hour movie version of it. Okay, but it's done. I need to well. check out this TV series. Yeah, it's so very different. It. it doesn't have that kind of quirky humor quite that that Burton adds to it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's meant to be a little bit more serious a little bit yeah okay, yeah. yeah more yeah. This serious you don't really take serious <laughs> no no but it's definitely of its time you know yeah. or even like the the brother where you know he catches him coming out of that cellar or hidden room and stuff i was like i really don't get the point of the brother <laughs> like he's pointless well that's what i was but again maybe if he had more time it would explain it better right 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 so yeah that's a pretty solid choice yep. though all I right i like it so my number five um, is a movie that I have a feeling that a lot of viewers out there are going to say, dude, that's like my number one or two or something like that because it's so popular. But um, I like it, but it ain't a number one for me. And that is Nightmare Before Christmas. Do either of you guys like that movie? No. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> See, folks, this is what I got to deal with. <laughs> 
I tried. I tried so hard. I wanted to like it. I just, I don't care for it at all. Okay, why? Can you explain? Do you no, know? it just rubs me the wrong way. Okay, so it's kind of like how like I felt about Mars Attacks then. Because I look at Mars Attacks and I don't think it's a bad movie. I'm just like, yeah. ah, this. Oh just... no! I, I, by all means, it's a it's a great it's a great animated. The music's great. The story's fun. I, I just don't care for it. Okay. What about you, Vito? I saw this probably when it came out or around that time, and I don't remember much of it. Yeah. I remember the "This Is Halloween" song and wow, the stop motion animation stuff, which right. I'm totally into. I love that stuff. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I hear everybody's like, oh my God, it's like the greatest movie ever. It's like, okay. You guys not seen Batman 89? I guess it's not. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's not the greatest movie ever, but it did revolutionize a lot of things. I mean, you know, the idea that a stop motion gothic musical based around not one but two holidays. Because again, is it a Christmas movie? Is it a Halloween oh, yeah. movie? It's both, you know. Mm-hmm. Um at the time and everything, because I was, what, 93 or something like that, uh, for 94. Yeah, I think that, so. That that came out. I mean, like, that was, who did that? You know, nobody was doing anything like that. <laughs> and what's interesting about this movie is when it came out, it bombed, man. Did it? Oh, yeah, you guys don't realize that, huh? Mm-mm. Yeah, this movie didn't do well at all at the movie theater. It just People didn't, because again, it, the, the movie uh, studios and every they didn't know what to make of this movie. They were, again, even like, well, when do we market this? Who do we market this to? What is this? It's a musical? Or it's 1993. We don't really do musicals. Stop motion? You know, we're just getting into Pixar and stuff around that time, yeah. and we've got a stop motion, you know, claymation looking thing, you mm-hmm. know, and... Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo is is the main is the main voice, you know, is the main character, you know. We you know, okay, great. We know he did the soundtracks for Simpsons and a few other things, but it just yeah, it it did not do well. People did not know about it. And I remember I didn't see it at the theater. I I got it on video. And I remember when the toys came out, the first versions, because they thought, oh, this is going to be a great toy movie. I mean, you know, look at it, right? Mm-hmm. It's essentially a bunch of action figures. Mm-hmm. And um, they came out with toys for it. And I remember looking at them and thinking, like, these are kind of cool. These are different, you know, but I hadn't seen the movie. So I didn't buy any of the toys. Nobody else bought any of the toys. I remember them being in KB Toys in bins marked down to like, Two for a dollar or like wow. or like, you know, or like one dollar ninety nine cents a piece like they were like they couldn't practically give them away. Fast forward six months, eight months, whatever it is, the movies now out on VHS and it picks up steam and people like rent it and are like especially a lot of kids, a lot of teens, college age kids, all that kind of stuff. Pick it up and are like, holy fuck, this movie's awesome. Like, how did we miss this? Becomes. Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, which now everybody considers like a classic and Mm -hmm. everything. And I was so mad I didn't buy those fucking action figures, man, (laughs) because those are worth a ton now because nobody bought them. So they just got liquidated. You know, some people bought them. But yeah, now like when I could have bought those for like a buck a piece. Now there's certain ones that it's like, oh, in the package, this is like three hundred dollars. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I was so mad. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to speculate, you know, a movie was a bomb. It's the same time they had action figures out for Hook and all these other movies that just, you know, went Land of the Lost and all this other shit, you know, that you couldn't, mm-hmm. 
And you know what? And those toys still ain't worth shit. <laughs> so it was hard to know. You know, nobody knew this was going to happen that way. But yeah, I so I found it like when everybody else did. And I was just, you know, the music's great. I love the music. I love Oingo Boingo. So, you know, I was a Danny Elfman fan before he was Danny Elfman, the composer. Um, I, I, Yeah, you know, great cast. There's some really good gags in there and stuff. Um, I, it makes my list. It's number five. But I do admit, and I know some people are going to get mad at me for saying this. I do admit I think it's a little overrated. I think it's a little overhyped, even though it's in my top five. I don't necessarily think it's as great as a lot of people make it out to be. But whatever, you know, that's fine to each their own. Yep, your I opinion. Mean. But I do think it's a it's a good movie. I think it belongs in my top five. It It kind of, my top five battled a little bit with movies I'm going to mention for my honorable mentions and stuff, but I... I felt like yeah, I I've watched it enough times. I enjoyed it enough. It it fits in there for five. So okay. All right, number four. For me, that would be Ed Wood. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Well, that's going to be in my list. So we'll just talk about it now. You know. So, <laughs> you and I were on tour, Larry. Like what? A 15? million years yeah, ago. <laughs> It's like our first tour, and mm-hmm. you and Joe had brought this on VHS, and I know you guys put it on the bus or whatever, right. and I had seen clips of it, and you're like, dude, this is like one of the greatest movies ever. I was like, all right, cool, I'll check it out. And I finally checked it out all the way through, <laughs> yeah. and it was incredible, dude. Yeah. This movie is so damn good. I especially like it because I'm a huge Plan 9 from Outer Space fan, Right. and this movie, just the way it opens with the tombstone credits, the spaceships coming, just he did this like perfectly. Right. It was so damn good. Just the style of it, I just, I fucking love it, man. Yeah, I think it was so different. I mean, I was familiar with who Ed Wood was. I was familiar with, I'd seen Plan 9. I don't think I'd seen Glenn or Glenda at that point. But I'd seen Plan 9 and a couple of his other things. Um, But I, I didn't know the depth of the whole backstory of him and everything. And Megan... When she saw it, I didn't know shit. She didn't. Even, <laughs> I, like, I don't get this. <laughs> she didn't realize apparently that it was even like based on all a true story. Mm-mm. I had no idea. I was like, the, really? Who who thought up this thing? I don't get it. <laughs> Real life did. <laughs> and I like thought the end things where it like sums up what everybody's doing. I was like, there's no way that's true. This has to be made up. Nope. This is all made up. And I talked to Larry. I was like, wait, they really did all that? Oh yeah. I mean, just just like any biopic type thing there's there's things that are exaggerated and there's some details that are switched around to make better cinema but basically more or less yeah that's it's a pretty accurate movie it i have to admit i was not on my top five but after you explained that to me it's like yeah it's it's pretty clever and fun well, and I just thought it was a stupid idea at first. <laughs> it's like, I don't get this. Who, who's putting all this shit together? It just doesn't make sense. But I suppose I can see when you're sitting there looking at how some of the actors are, how the people are portrayed. You know mm-hmm. the way Johnny Depp's playing Ed Wood, and you'd look at it and go, "Why would he choose to act like this?" But then when you realize, like, "Oh no, there was somebody that, that this was is like a person," that. then it's like, "Oh, okay, that changes." Yeah, and his lisps the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it took me a while to even, I was like, is that Johnny Depp? That's not Johnny Depp. Is that Johnny Depp? That's not Johnny Depp. I couldn't tell. That's the genius of Johnny Depp, fucking man. Fucking Johnny Depp, man. I, I fucking love Johnny Depp. I think yep. he's great. I don't love everything he's done, but the stuff that I love, like, is fucking right on. But, yeah, it's, I mean, and on that note, I think more than anything, it's the acting in this movie. Out of every movie in my top five, this is the one that, like, holy fuck, like, nobody can hold a candle in the other movies compared to this for the acting. Martin Landau. Dude, he is so good as Bella. Dude. Like, so fucking good. It's It's amazing. And I know I've heard... There's debates about how accurate it is, you know, because some people say, no, he could be brash, he could be vulgar, and other people, you know, especially people that are, like, from the Lugosi estate are like, he didn't act like that, and I'm going, mm, I don't know, you know, <laughs> like, I, I, the people that hung out with him and got drunk with him and did, you know, they're the ones that'll sit there and say, oh, no, yeah, he could be a real motherfucker to deal with, you know, <laughs> and everything, but Landau was just just amazing i instantly i was a bella lugosi fan to begin with and then when i saw that i was like oh god i fucking love bella lugosi <laughs> i love his whole like feud with karloff in the whole movie dude oh yeah <laughs> so good that motherfucker cannot smell my <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> that that's great yeah i love everything the scene that just the scene alone when he's down in the creek at night <laughs> with the octopus with the octopus dude, yeah. <laughs> The way he acts that whole scene where he starts out being petulant and pissed off and everything. And then he and then he segues almost instantly into this sort of sad, remorseful thing when he realizes, like, here I am. I'm doing this. I could have been I turned down when he says I turned down Frankenstein. Yeah. And everything because I thought it was beyond me and all this or below me. And now here I am doing this and here's where my and he goes from that and then to switch out and to go, OK, bullshit, let's fucking film this. And then he gets down and then he acts and it like that whole like just that whole journey he takes in that few minutes, you know, of portraying like he sums kind of everything up about the character in that one scene alone is fucking brilliant that's brilliant writing that's brilliant acting and yeah that's so fucking good and me well i was in a band called the gruesomes at the time when this movie came out and me and the guys in the band especially me and the singer dave whose name is gruesome dave so go figure we would we'd be on stage playing and stuff and we'd get ready and you know dave would be like Look at me and be like, you guys ready to play? You know, he's like, you guys ready next song and everything? And I'd look at him and I'd go, pull the string. Yeah. And, he'd, <laughs> and he'd look at me and he'd grab the fucking mic cable and he'd go, pull the string. And we're up there you know, quoting him and going, and say, you know, and he's going, and Dave's yelling, give me my biscuit and all this shit. And we're, yelling, and we're, and people in the crowd are like, what, the what, the fuck? what are they going to? But anybody who came and saw a gruesome show was kind of used to sort of that kind of shit anyway, because Dave was like part pro wrestler and part like, 1950s horror show host or something. I mean, he's a character. But yeah, we loved, we would walk around like quoting it all the time. I fucking love that movie. So that, that's a solid choice. So that's your number four. Yes. All right, Megan, your number four? My number four was Miss Peregrine's School for... Home for Peculiar that's Children. It. Yeah. I, like, I, can't what it's I had to look at it too. So I'm yeah. like, what is that longest yeah, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I watched it prepping for this it was, I really enjoyed it I can't wait to watch it again like all the different pe 
kill your children and stuff like that. Like what got me was the girl the the mouth behind her head. It was like Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like that's creepy. She's like just a tiny little girl. She's got this big ass monster mouth behind her head. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun story. Um the, the kid going on his journey to figure out who he really was and Right. Why his father, our grandfather, was batshit crazy, but turns out he's not really batshit crazy, and and I just don't want to give too much away, but because <laughs> I know Vito really was interested. It looks creepy as shit, man. I yeah, I've only seen parts of it, so yeah, I don't want to give interested. too much away, but I I really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the journey the kid went on to. You know, he was always close to grandpa, but grandpa like was losing it, and right. just to find out to circle back, and it's like oh. This is why Grandpa was acting like Grandpa was acting, and then you got the dad thrown in there just to be the wrench in all of it. It's like stop being crazy, mm. stop disappearing, and like all this weird shit starts happening around town. And of course, they're the strangers in town, like Ireland or something. I don't know. And so, of course, the kid gets blamed for killing all these cattle, and right, and yeah, I, I didn't the, do it. And it, so I know the basic premise of it, but yeah, yeah, I still very much want to see it. I had never heard of this movie before you had brought it up. Really, you yeah. never even heard of it? No. Hmm. So I don't know if it did well. If the, there was just no marketing or something, <sighs> I just missed it. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's kind of like a lot of Burton's films lately. It it has its audience, but no, I don't think it did gangbusters, man. You know. Yeah, I kind of remember because it came out what two thousand oh two thousand sixteen. Yeah, because it's pretty recent. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. recent. So I remember it coming out, but I remember eh, whatever. <laughs> so I'm really glad I took the time to watch it because it made my top five. That's cool. Yeah, see now that makes me want to really watch it even more now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like super creepy, creepy. The kids, <laughs> their creepy part is like they just kind of appear out of nowhere behind right. you. Like, oh, that's kind of and it's really like broken down, burnt out house and stuff. Like, whoa, where'd you? Where'd you come from? <laughs> so, but I enjoyed it. It's like a, a time travel kind of thing. They travel through time. Nice. And yeah. Well, see, that's another, that's what I like when we do these things. Cause almost every time we do a top five, it's like there ends up being at least one movie that I'm like, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in seeing that now, you know, cause I had, I, I can't say I wasn't interested in seeing it before, but it just sort of came and went so quick, flew mm-hmm. under the radar. And I only had, it got, I'd seen the trailer maybe, but it wasn't, right. couldn't, it's hard to really glean what a movie like that is about and like just from like a trailer. And I remember seeing when it came out on like Netflix or whatever, you know, and I caught like little bits of it, but, mm-hmm. and it was interesting, but it, again, it was just like, oh, well, yeah, maybe it, one day add it to the list of 50 other things, you know? Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, solidly recommend you guys check it out. Awesome. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. All right, well, my number four um, is, and, you know, well, I can, I guess I'll just say it because Vito mentioned Ed Wood is his number four, 
and Ed Wood is my number one. <laughs> so obviously we won't. I won't ramble on about it when we get to my number one. And I know that my number four is your number one. Ooh. So my number four, Vito's number one, is 1989's Batman. Solid choice, a masterpiece. Guys. <laughs> it yeah. is a masterpiece. Now I know we're going to be talking about <laughs> Batman movies in the very, very near future. Hint, hint. hint. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't need to go on too much, but I mean, come on, especially for a show like that, for what Geeking Poetic podcast is all about. I mean, come on, Batman. Tim Burton's Batman is just a fucking brilliant piece of work man that is batman when you think of batman you think that's of tim think burton's that. batman absolutely Dude, the, the batmobile that's the batmobile the mm-hmm. batwing that's the fucking batwing the joker that's the fucking joker oh sorry wait 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 you mean it's not the dark knight with heath ledger yes and... it's not the dark knight with heath ledger thank you and this is why we're friends and why we're on this show because i don't want to preface anything too much save it boys save it i'm not saving this fuck the dark knight Fuck that movie right up its stinky butthole, all right? Fuck that movie. I can't, ugh, hate that movie. Heath Ledger was a genius, brilliant, brilliant, but ugh, no. More to come on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But no, I agree. I mean, and I get it. I, I think it's because it depends on your point of view on these characters and on comics and comic movies and stories. I don't need it to be ultra dark and in serious and morose and all this kind of stuff. Batman always did have a campiness to it. And even in the comic books, there's a, you know, being a DC comic, DC comics, they're not Marvel. They have a certain kind of campy kitty quality to them. They never, they very rarely got that dark, especially the old characters, mm-hmm. right? But I thought Burton did a brilliant job of giving us, at the time when that came out, it felt like, wow, this is kind of a dark movie. I mean, people. That's how I remember it being very, very dark. People died, you know, in this. And, you know, people got shot. People got thrown in vats of acid. And people, you know, and there was a lot of, um, it was pretty violent, you know. And it had that Burton gothic sensibility, which I thought was perfect but it was but it was more comic booky gothic than say what we got later you know within the nolan films yeah. and all that kind of stuff and it was a good balance because it wasn't as cartoony and silly and campy as it got later in the, the series Sch- schumacher movies and all right that. right which again we'll talk more about that later <laughs> oh boy <laughs> we'll have a lot to say can't about wait those. cannot wait but i mean yeah and brilliant choice. I mean, I never, I, it was a big deal at the time. People were aghast when he cast Keaton as Batman. People were aghast. They were like, Mr. Mom, Beetlejuice? Like, <laughs> you're like, because they couldn't see him as anything. They couldn't take him, you know, Bruce Wayne is supposed to be this, you know, suave, sophisticated suave billionaire playboy who at night is this brooding you know, brutal superhero guy. And they're like, that's not Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was amazing as Dude, Batman. Dude, he is Fuck, Batman. He is Batman, I yes. Mean, yeah. Love him. <laughs> and I think in a way that's sort of what made me believe it too because I felt like more than almost any other Bruce Wayne, his Bruce Wayne 
I can see people being like, that ain't that, you know, you hear rumor. Did you hear rumor? Bruce Wayne is really Batman. And they'd be like, he ain't Batman, you know, <laughs> look at him. Cause even as Bruce Wayne, you know, he was rich and all this stuff and he was very intelligent and nice, but he was kind of, uh, you know, he seemed kind of, kind of a dope, a little bit, kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of a dope, a little bit. And you would, but then when he put that costume on, man, he wasn't dopey at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he was all business and yeah. I felt like that agreed, man. That's fucking Batman. That's that is my just like when I talk about Christopher Reeve as Superman, mm-hmm. that Michael Keaton is my Batman. And I like some of the other portrayals of Batman over the years and stuff. Don't get me wrong, but that's my Batman. And like we talked already talked a little bit about Batman, the movie and Tim Burton's relation to it at the beginning of the show. But what an inspired, brilliant choice by the producers and everybody to to pick him mm-hmm. yeah and they had no idea that movie was going to be anything you know i heard a rumor that they put out a like a teaser trailer to kind of see what the interest would be with no music and no effects it was just like batman and i think maybe a scene of the joker and it looked like really bland and people like lost their shit over just that little trailer and then the oh, really? studio finally got behind it and did all that stuff to it you yeah know? i'm trying to remember i i want to say I don't remember if it was in a trailer or if I saw it on like a TV show or something. I remember it was the scene like from the beginning of the movie with those criminals when he like shows the up. Bat, and, come on. Right. And then he shows up and he's like, you know, I'm Batman, you know, does that whole kind of thing. And and that I remember that. Why don't you tell your friends about me? Yeah. <laughs> and it showed it. It showed some of that. And every that was what I remember me and everybody were like, we're on board yeah. with this. Like holy fuck that, Batman! When that movie came out, because you would, you guys were both a little too young, you know, like a seven. Yeah, I was yeah. nine. Yeah, I was graduating high school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm old. Um, so I remember going with like you know friends and stuff like that, going to see that a few times in the theater, and I mean, it was all the rage. It was the movie, like. It was it was just fucking huge, and the soundtrack and prints and everything, and I'm uh, like, fuck off, <laughs> just just don't even just just fuck right I mean, off. The Elfman score is where it's at. The Prince stuff. Oh come on. Well, I mean, okay, look, it's not his best work. Well, but I'll tell you what, I I am not a Prince fan, but dude, I do like the songs in that Batman movie than he did. So. Yeah, I'll give you that. You'd you know. probably like Prince if <laughs> if you delved a little bit into the right stuff and everything. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion for another day. <laughs> Why well, you do a cover of the the uh, new Kids on the Block white stuff? Is that what you're talking about? <sighs> anyway, so my number four, Vito's number one, was 1989's Batman. Batman. I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good list so far. All right, Vito. Yeah, we are now at Trace. Trace. Number my, three. My pick for number three is a little movie called Edward Scissorhands. Heck yeah. A guy that has hands made of scissors <laughs> that Vincent Price made. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, <laughs> pretty self-explanatory, folks. <laughs> you got a movie for me? What the movie's about? Well, well it's in the title, named, sir. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guy's name is Ed. Eddie. He's got scissors. a couple of hands. You know what they're made out of? Scissors. How the fuck did you know? <laughs> you know it's like... <laughs> 
Yeah, so why did this make your number three? Well, I didn't know until we talked about the when we were prepping for this. I had no idea you were that big of a fan of this. This movie. is one of my favorite movies of all time. Man. Wow, this is so good. This is the movie where I was. I I think I realized like Tim Burton's style. Okay, because when I when I see a movie, I can tell it's a Tim Burton movie just automatically. There's right. not a lot of directors that do that for me, but right. Tim Burton I can tell. Right, because this is like a storybook fairy tale mixed with like this gothic horror. Right. Sort of, you know? Right. I think it's done perfectly. And just everything about, like, there's movies that I'll put on, and, like, if I know I'm going to cry and I don't want people to see me, I won't put this movie on because the end of this movie, like, does it for me. Oh, sure. I it's can see so that. It's so good. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. Like, when that music, when she's seeing the snow and he's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's heavy shit, dude. It only snows. It right. still snows, yeah, yeah. so I know he's alive. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm with yeah. you. This is actually my number two. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those movies I would run from the library as a kid. This and Batman. I don't even know if I saw Batman in the theater at that time because I was yeah, young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was definitely a library rental. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I loved uh, the the suburb neighborhood, all the different colors. Like the cars were bright colors, the houses were bright colors, the clothes were all bright colors. Yeah. I I really enjoyed that. And then they you have Edward Scissorhands and his castle's all dark and yeah. dreary and he's in these dark clothes and this black hair all over the place. I just love the contrast. I mean, it's very like on the nose, I guess, but it's just done so fucking well, mm-hmm. you know? I don't like this movie. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like... Uh, let me explain myself as quickly as I can. It's another one of those ones where I wanted and I expected to like it. And I I did like it to some and I still do. I think some of the performances are incredible. Again, Johnny Depp is amazing in it. He's so damn good, man. And I think that was the movie. He had done some other cool stuff up to this point, but that was the movie that made people go, "Wow. Mm-hmm. We need to take this kid seriously, you know? Like he's he's got chops, man." He's great. It's a great cast. I just, I, I don't know. I, it's more personal. It's not that I don't like a movie because I think it's a bad movie. Not in any way, shape or form is it a bad movie. It's a fucking brilliant movie. It makes me so mad. I, uh, even watching stuff again for, for this, you know, and everything, I was like, like, it makes me, I just, I hate so many of the people in that movie I hate the way he gets treated I hate I hate the whole tropes they go to to you know and I get it that's what the movie's about it totally is talking about that and and stereotypes and prejudices and blah 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 and and gossip and how it you know and ruining people's lives and all that other kind of stuff, but it just it just got really hard for me to get past. I was such a big Anthony Michael, and still am, Anthony Michael Hall fan, and he was such a fucking prick in that movie that it was like, oh man, like I I I want to fucking see him get his head fucking caved in, you know. And I was I I was and am a huge Winona Ryder fan. She might be in my top five favorite actresses. Wow. I love okay. Winona, I love Winona. She's awesome um and there there were things you know i just this was just one of those movies where it was like other than edward and even at times you know you wanted to like uh, shake him 
it was one of those movies where I'm like, I don't like any of these characters. I want to fucking slap every one of them. And I get it. That's what the point of the movie is. Mm -hmm. It's just not my kind of movie because of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I'm not knocking the movie at all. It's a fucking great movie for what it is. It's just not my kind of movie. Yeah, I think it just hit me at the right time being, you know, just starting to get in my teenage years and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's a little love story. And, you know, they eventually get there and they don't care what other people think. I, I just like, yes, I'm in. All in. Yeah. Just I, I was just so. And then I I sat through all of it and I was like, I'm really hating these characters. I'm really hating what they're what they're putting through. I'm really hating all these things and blah, blah, blah. And all this misunderstanding. And then you're like, well, at the end, it's going to be a good It'll come around and then spoilers, folks, (laughs) it doesn't have a happy ending. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I remember going to see that at the theater out in Merrillville with girlfriend at the time and everything. She loved it. And I just remember walking out of there and being like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, well, I'm in a fucking mood now, you know, like she was like, you didn't like it. I'm like, but there's certain things like, like I said, he's he's great. Uh, Johnny's great I love I love like little things like I I love that when Diane Weiss first takes him home Mm -hmm. she's like I'm taking you home with me and he's driving for the first time you know through that neighborhood he has this look on his face he's so happy yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's and it's not like but there's just sort of like this like like just this certain and like that's a Johnny like, Depp I can't thing. believe this is happening. Right. He's just got this look like this is my I, dream come true. And I he put this look on his face that reminds me of when you go to the pound and you pick up a dog and you bring it home mm-hmm. for the first time. He has this like I said he's not you know a couple times he goes bangs his head yeah. on the window because he goes <laughs> but he's just kind of like he's got this contentedness like I found my owner kind of mm-hmm. thing at first. It's that's brilliant. So no, I'm not going to argue with you guys about it being your choices, but it just the reason it doesn't make my top 5 is cuz it makes you guys cry. It makes me fucking angry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is a good one. Um Meg, your number 3. My number 3 is a little movie called Frankenweenie. Okay, that's a, yeah, I don't know anything about Frank and Weenie. Okay, so this was 2012. This is actually the movie that got him fired from Disney. Now that I did know. Yeah, so he started making it and they're like, "Mm, yeah, this is a little too dark. Who wants to like... A Frankenstein dog and stuff. That's too dark for Disney. Dealing so they with, fired him. Like animated pet cemetery or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. With, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the little boy is like, my dog died. I, you got to bring him back to life. Because he, he's a movie maker and everything. But apparently he experiments too. <laughs> so so he brings the dog back to life and you know go through all this. But he's got to, of course, keep him hiding like Frankenstein and stuff. So it's, it's basically Frankenstein just with a dog. You know, Literally, the whole fucking movie is basically like that. They just ripped it off. They just yeah. <laughs> he made it his own. I get, and yeah. I I did not expect to really like this movie. I was like, well, we gotta we're gonna do this, and let me just check it out. You know, it's this first one. He came up with this concept a long time ago, and he actually went he was able to go back to Disney and actually make it happen and say, "Fuck you guys, fire me!" All these all those years yeah, ago, right? So it's like I need to check it out at least, and I. Loved it. That will probably be my one of my staples at Halloween. I need to watch mm. every year. It was. I did not expect to like it that much. It was super cute, and it has a happy ending. Oh, okay. 
I didn't know if it would. I was like, it's better not, you better not motherfucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, okay, we're good. So. Well, you know, that's another interesting thing we should point out, too, is because I talked to you before we started doing research into, you know, further watching movies because we said, oh, we better watch other ones in case, you know, they inform our opinions or mm-hmm. in- input. And your top five list was very different. Yes, it was. When you more probably even than us, I mean, though we had some changes, but your top five list, when you started researching all the Burton stuff, man, it like flipped. You you changed a yeah, lot they, of your I think stuff. they all moved except for one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They all moved around quite a bit. Like um, Frank and Weenie and Miss Peregrine's and stuff weren't even on the list because I hadn't seen them. Right, right. I, I really, really enjoyed them. So they had to make the list. Yeah, that's and then uh, Dark Shadows. I remembered I enjoyed it, but I couldn't re- really remember it, so I had to watch it again. It's like, oh yeah, that's got to go in there too. So everything got bumped down, and yeah. some really great ones had to be bumped out. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, I was surprised. It was a, it was a tough choice. <laughs> I was surprised when you came to me and you were like, "Oh, Frank and Weenie's on the list now. Oh, yeah. Miss Peregrine's on the list." I'm like, "Whoa, really? You're like, not <laughs> holy shit! Like it was." But that's kind of the cool part again about doing this is that mm-hmm. it introduces it, us to stuff we yeah, wouldn't have seen yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like to check out Frank and Weenie. Yeah, so good. I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Now, Vito, you're not real into animated stuff, huh? No. No. Yeah, I don't like the Pixar movies and, mm. yeah. Big old grump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, animations and musicals are, like, not my thing, yeah. which is probably why I don't really care that much about um, Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. you know? Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me, I guess. But, all right, well, my number three, because <laughs> I keep spoiling it for you guys, my number three, I believe, is Megan's number one. Is it? Is it? I think, yeah, it is. So, sorry, I have to apologize that I am I took your number my one. My list is done now. Yeah. I'm going to do my two and my three. Oh, wow. Or my one. Yeah. So, my number three is Beetlejuice. Well, number one, I guess I did spoil it in the beginning. I lied. Yeah, I, guess. I called you an asshole for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have my reasons, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> that was not one of them. See what I got to deal with here? <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. I mean, Beetlejuice. Fuck. Again, we we talked about it already a bit earlier. I, I mean, groundbreaking. It was so different. Mm-hmm. It was just such a different kind of movie, and it's one of those ones where even now, I've seen it so many freaking times, you know? Even now, it still makes me laugh, you know, again, because that's the thing about, like you mentioned in your life lessons and stuff, um, Burton is not afraid to keep using the same actors over and over again. That's for sure. <laughs> and, but but he but he's but it's brilliant. Like I love that he uses. It's almost old school because that's how it would be in the old days when you would have certain actors and actresses that were like signed to that studio to or that whatever. studio, and certain directors would keep using them over and over again. And you'd see Judy Garland in like you know over the course of five years you'd see her in like 20 different productions playing all different kinds of characters and stuff and this kind of harkens back to that kind of like nope i've got my stable mm-hmm. and one of his stable back then was keaton and i mean 
my God, can you picture anybody else? Think of every other comedian, actor. Can you picture anybody else playing Beetlejuice besides Michael Keaton? No, he was amazing Beetlejuice. His, what I'm assuming, was probably ad-libbing at times on certain <laughs> things and stuff is some of the funniest shit in there. You know, um, again, introduced most of the world to to really introduce them to Winona mm-hmm. and everything. And I love her as that character. Exactly. Perfect, Lydia. You know, mm-hmm. um, everybody, everybody in everybody. that, everybody in that cast. And the, and then again, you know, the of all the things, you know, using this Calypso music <laughs> in the way that they did. It was so it was so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll, get, it'll get her going. We're getting her going. It, it was so um, it was just so different and unique and entertaining and dark. I mean, there'd never been a movie that. They're flipping their faces open and shit. Right. It, it, Eyeballs on their fingertips. It was a little scary. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it like spawned a cartoon series. Oh, I love the I cartoon forgot series. About that. Oh, the cartoon yeah. series was a big deal mm-hmm. for a while. I remember that. I remember the animated um, sandworms from like Dune that he uses <laughs> yeah. like the striped puppet thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've come for your daughter, Chuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I don't even really know what more to say about it other than... It's amazing and funny and amazing. And freaky, you know? I still even look at it now and I'm like, God, this is just such an odd movie, even though I'm so acclimated to Tim Burton's stuff. That creepy pastor that comes out of the fireplace. Yeah, there's there's various different stuff in there. And I still quote that movie all the time, you know? There's still a certain thing. Well, it looks like I'm next in line, you know? It's like (laughs) he steals the number from the headhunter guy. And there's so many different things in there. Uh, Yeah, it's it's brilliant. If I wasn't so passionate about my number one and two, this would have been up there this this one in my one and two could have easily at any day of the week or a particular month or whatever interchange with being my favorite hmm. my favorite tim burton one you know because this one more than any of the other movies on my list uh even more than batman i've watched beetlejuice the most easy yeah because when I was in high school and this first came out and then came out on video and everything, like me and my old buddy Mike in high school, Obergon, I mean, my God, man. I think we watched this like every day for a while. We'd get home from school and be like, throw on Beetlejuice. We'd make some snacks, like hang out, you know, mm-hmm. talk shit about girls or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we would, and then, you know, I yeah, I, it was, I was watching, I've probably seen Beetlejuice like, you know, 200 times or something like that. It's. It's a great movie. You like this movie, right? Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, but I used to rent it quite a few times from the library. It was almost in your list, wasn't it? Yeah. It, yeah, it got knocked out by Mars Attacks because I right. rewatched it recently. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> yeah, especially like Mars, Mars Attacks. Mars bumps it out. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> to oh, each their own, I guess. Yeah. I was at a comic convention a few years ago. I think it was C2E2, and there was a couple that went cosplayed as um, Gina and Alec as the, right. mm-hmm. oh, the weird awesome. faces. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was amazing. When we went to uh, C2E2, they had that the face. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I would want it. Got it. <laughs> you want to go wear that to work or something, freak people out there? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like they won't, they'll stop coming to my desk then, won't they? <laughs> you would that. love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're past the halfway mark, 
and we are at the number number two number two dos <laughs> so Vito what is your number two my number two is a number two because it's a sequel <gasps> it's amazing gotta this... be a sequel in there somewhere yeah never I... lets us down can't believe that's not number one and right? if you can't guess it's Batman Returns yeah because he's back in the sequel oh. and this just continues the amazingness of the Tim Burton Batman universe for me yeah now, I don't think I've seen this one. How the fuck what? have you never seen this movie? <laughs> I, if I did, I don't remember. I'm going to have my homework to do. God. Danny DeVito is the penguin? Yeah, I don't Michelle think I saw Pfeiffer. this one. Michelle Pfeiffer is the Catwoman? Really? I don't think so. Wow. I don't remember. It didn't stick with me, apparently. <laughs> How could this movie not fucking stick with you? <laughs> it's got Christopher Walken in it, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, once you've seen Danny DeVito as the penguin, you know, you don't forget it. <laughs> Again, another movie with just inspired casting and and everything. I think um, it this movie. Oh, it's hard for me, man. This didn't make my list. This is an honorable mention for me, but it could have made the list. What a fucking movie! It's so and and it takes. Huey Herman's in it again. Yeah, he is. Yeah, <laughs> is he? yes, he is. Okay, yeah. right, the, right, at the start of the movie, a cameo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Uh, is He's, Helena Bonham Carter is she in, is she his wife? I, I don't remember who plays the wife. Gosh, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't think so. But okay. but in any case, um it takes everything from the first movie and just takes it further. So if the first movie was kind of gothic, this one's even more so. If the first movie had like a, a dark, morose kind of humor and undercurrent to it, this one takes it that much further. Yeah, this is way, way darker, man. Yeah. Is it? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's oh. like, yeah, I mean, this is like fucking, um, it's biblical. Like he's trying to kill all the firstborn children of Gotham. <laughs> it's... There's a reason for it. Yeah. I mean, there's, and I. Th- I would hope so. <laughs> well, they t- uh, the penguin is. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, wait, who's who's killing who? Yeah, I can see how that can be confusing. Megan's like, Batman's trying to call the firstborn. Why would he do such a thing? Like, like, I don't know. I guess he's got his reasons. <laughs> fucking, fucking. He totally jumped the shark on this one. <laughs> see, like a husband and wife, like they're just they're like they're at home in the nursery or whatever, and they're like, can't believe we have our first child here, and then all of a sudden you just see. <laughs> these bad ears pop up and everything and he's just like I'm Batman snaps it just reaches that's pretty dark that took a turn literally turn that kid's head around oh my god it's horrible the violence might be a little bit more in this yeah, movie too. Oh, I mean, yeah. Batman straight up kills a dude with a fucking dynamite bomb <laughs> off screen, but he kills him <laughs> with the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's it the the relationships between the characters and the characters themselves are far more complex in this movie. Um because it, you know, the penguin is obviously a bad guy, but he's he's meant to be pitied. Uh, yeah, you know, a for bit. Sure. he's he's okay. he's meant to be pitied. I mean, Catwoman in typical Catwoman fashion, she's not a good guy, but she's not a bad guy. She's kind of she kind of walks that line. Love the dynamic between her and Batman, where there's like this love story between them. But Batman knows, like, wait a minute, you're kind of this villain that I've got to like face. But we're still like 
and also really sort of com- in love with each other, right? And, and it comes to real, and she's unstable, yeah. more, you know, even more so. You know, it's like it's not even just a matter of turning her good. I mean, she's she's mental, you yeah. know. And how am I going to deal with that? And yeah, it's a great movie, man. I, I'm kind of I I really wondered when we first talked about this if that was going to be your number one. <laughs> Because it could have been almost. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but not Batman eighty nine. I can't. I can't top that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I same with me. I mean, I could. That's why this. The, that's why I had to put Batman eighty nine in my list. But this one just barely. Truthfully, like I said, this th- this was my was one of my honorable mentions, and i waffled back and forth and back and forth about this one and nightmare before christmas Mm. and i ended up putting nightmare before christmas in there um because i feel like nightmare is a little bit more of a dynamic different kind of movie and deserves the accolades that Mm -hmm. it gets mostly um and this one is just yeah it's kind of continuing on from batman but just amplified it's really good meg you really need to watch it sometime well i will yeah. Very, very soon, I will. Yeah, because we're going to be talking about Batman. Yep, sure are. Real soon. Real soon. Real soon. <laughs> awesome, man. So that's so your near number two is a number two. Sure is. And that movie <laughs> isn't number two in terms of being poo. Nope. Oh my Far God. from it. <laughs> wow. It ain't poo. <laughs> Megan, your number two? My number two was Edward Scissorhands. All right, so we already we, talked we about that. We covered that base. Yeah. Okay. That's a good number two. As well, these are Excellent. all solid. My number two, <laughs> solid number two. <laughs> it's always good to have a solid number two. You don't want it to be wet. You don't need. You don't need it to be. You know, sometimes when you're when you're going for a number two, it could be a little slippery. You know, it could come out. It, well, you don't want it too hard either. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't want a half and half either. Mm. So yeah, it can't be loose. It's not good when it's loose. You know, mm. it's got to be a firm. Firm number two. Does it sink or sl- float? I guess it depends on how fibrous it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And how porous, too, I guess. <laughs> porous. <laughs> Your poop is very porous. <laughs> oh, shit. Forget the porous, get to the chorus. <laughs> oh, God. All right, moving on. We're breaking down here. <laughs> moving on to my number two. Um, mine is probably going to be a little bit of a surprise because I don't think this movie, obviously it didn't make your guys list, but I don't think this makes a lot of people's lists and I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I feel like this is the true underdog in my list, especially, and it is Sleepy Hollow. Now, have you guys seen Sleepy Hollow? I have. I I would definitely put that as an honorable mention for me. Okay. No, I've not seen it. Dude, oh yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah. It, it looked really good and I heard it's really good. I just haven't got around to to watch it yet. Well, again, because it always repeats, it's got Christopher Walken mm-hmm. in it. Um, even though he doesn't talk, although it would probably it's for this movie it's probably better off for it. Um But uh he doesn't talk, but he does have extremely fucked up teeth in it, man. Like these razor teeth they're horrifying. But um great movie. Really, really, really good movie. Um, another one that's cast incredibly well because it's got Ricci in it, uh, Christina mm-hmm. Ricci in it. I was going to ask if it was Winona Ryder. I always get those two like mixed up. Ah, uh, yeah, it's got yeah. Christina Ricci, and she's perfect for it. Johnny mm-hmm. Depp plays mm-hmm. uh, Ichabod Crane, and it's a it's a different 
it's a different take on Ichabod Crane than you would have seen in like the Disney cartoons and other things where he's just kind of this nerdy bumbling idiot. He's a little, he's a little bumbly, but not. He's more astute. Yeah, it's more supposed to be that he's more like schooled and kind of, you know, proper and stuff mm-hmm. then. But nobody that, takes him seriously. Right, right. And uh, the movie's got a great twist and it, like it's got some awesome twists in it. What a twist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's got some really cool twists. So you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And the way it all everybody, even like there's characters you encounter earlier in the movie some die or some kind, and you're just sort of like, oh, okay, you think it's just there for whatever, you know, like, oh, we just needed to show this guy getting killed. And then you find out like, oh, no, that character was integral to mm-hmm. why this, like, it, everything in this story ties up mm-hmm. together at the end. And like I said, and there's certain things where you're like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming with that character. And, and it deals with like witchcraft and stuff like that, like pretty heavily. It's it's really cool movie. It looks great. It's scored great. Um, yeah, this is one of my like Halloween like go to movies because you know me. I, I mean, it's violent, but it's not like super gruesome, you know. And you know me, I don't like things that are too gruesome like that. So I like things that are like a little bit more classically spooky and stuff. And this is this yeah, is that. This fits that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I highly recommend this one. It's it's really good. I don't really know what more to say about it. Cast is amazing. Everything about it is good. I don't know why it's flown under the radar for a lot of people. I feel like it was popular for a, a hot minute back when it came out in the 90s or whatever it was, mm-hmm. in the late 90s, but by and large, you talk to people and they just seem to have sort of forgotten about it. Yeah, I don't think I knew about it until you had mentioned it. I was like, I need to check that out. That's right, because I think you watched it with us over at the house before. I think, I think at so. least years or ago. Parts of it, yeah. yeah, years ago. But yeah, it's worth checking out, man. Seriously, if you're if you're in the mood for something like that, like a period piece, because it mm-hmm. takes pay, takes place back in like the 1700s or whatever it is, you know. And you're you're in the mood for something like that? Check it out. It's a pr- it's a pretty easy watch. Like yeah. it's not one yeah. of those ones that's gonna feel like oh, I gotta get taking forever. Yeah, I can't get through this movie. No, it's 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 got some good payoff. like the Russian Solaris movie. It's like three and a half hours long. Ooh, I don't even know, and I don't think I did want to know. <laughs> We're not even gonna touch that one. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So that's my number two, and then uh, number ones. I did we talk about all our number ones? Talked about mine. Is Sweeney Todd on that? <laughs> oh, <God>. Dude. <laughs> wow. That that would be my thanks but no thanks. Was it? It's that bad for it's you. That uh-huh. bad. I, it's funny because I remember enjoying it when it came out because mm-hmm. we bought it and watched it. I was like, well, I need to rewatch it, you know, possibly make my list and stuff. And I watched it. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible is this purposefully terrible the acting is terrible i mean it's fucking johnny depp and helena bonham carter and they're singing i get because i read somewhere like you know he purposely put people in there that aren't singers and stuff like that like my god you could really tell it's like that phantom of the opera movie they made in like the late 90s that was a musical you guys Mm. remember that yeah i don't think i I watched it on tv one night i was like what the fuck is this bullshit man it's so (laughs) gruesome 
such a sad ending. See, I what I remember is Sweeney. You're when, about? I, yeah. I remember the trailers for Sweeney Todd made it look like it was like this weird cult horror slasher film. Right. But then I heard, oh no, dude, it's a fucking musical. It's a musical. It's a, musical. Like, a well-known musical. I don't think musical. they marketed it as a musical when it came out. No. Or is I, am I wrong about no, that? No, they didn't. No. They, I think they figured they didn't want it to be marketed as a musical. <laughs> and then people showed up. They're like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> That's how I that happened to me with um oh what was that movie with Leo DiCaprio that was a remake of an old movie um oh I my god not Capone uh, no it's not Capone. Gatsby Gatsby Gatsby, Gatsby. No. that's it you yeah like that? it's like that fucking Gatsby I fucking I literally will punch a motherfucker if 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 Gatsby was a person I'd punch that dude like well, yeah. right in his fucking face man. Yeah, he's like, not a good dude. No, I mean, I mean, if the movie itself was a walking entity, I would, <laughs> I would kick the fuck out of it. I hated that fuck because I love the original Great Gatsby. Like, I love that story and I, the old movie and everything. And then I was like, oh wow, it's gonna have Leo in it. Like, so I like DiCaprio. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is gonna be fucking good. What a piece of fucking garbage that movie is. And they wow. and and I. I hate when they take like they do this new thing nowadays where it's like, well, it's a story set back in the 1930s or whatever, but we need it to be like relevant to not to now. So we're going to totally change it and we're going to have like a bunch of rap in it and stuff like that. And I'm like, motherfucker, they didn't fucking rap in the fucking the Great Gatsby. <laughs> what are you what are you doing for real? That's what they did. Yeah. But it's set literally in the 30s. Yeah. They made it a musical, which was dumb to begin with. And then on top of it, they made it so that it's like, there's like people, they, they, you know what they did with it? Did you guys ever see Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. With DiCaprio and stuff. And you know how they took that and that's like a story from Shakespeare, you know, it's Shakespeare, but then they made it modernized and stuff. Okay. Well, here's the thing with Romeo and Juliet, they at least took that and made it they made it work. I mean, whether you like it or not is objective, you know, subjective. But they made it work. They took it and they said, "Well, we're going to take this whole thing and make it modern and all this kind of stuff." But they took Gatsby and they they tried to do something like that, but they still wanted it to seem like it was like, you know, set back then and mm-hmm. old, but then like, but no, we're going to make it modern so that it's going to have like tunes that kind of it reminds me of what they do I, I haven't seen it so I can't judge it I'm sure people are gonna get all fucking uh, their panties all going up their assholes about this but it's like Hamilton mm. you know the whole concept with that Hamilton musical where it's like well it's about stuff that happened back in the 18th century or whatever but they rap and then they sing and all this stuff and I'm like I, I'm not totally against it but I, I in in theory depending on how they do it but in Gatsby they did not succeed it sucks <laughs> fucking monkey balls it's terrible yeah as far as sweeney todd goes i i saw it twice i think on video i watched it once i was like okay i need to watch it again i watched it again and then i was like yeah no it it, it has moments there were aspects of it i knew what it was going to be i knew it was going to be a musical i knew it was i knew what it, you know that they weren't really singers and stuff it just didn't really work as a movie I, di- I didn't feel like I feel like it's another one of those ones where it's like, OK, as a musical, if you like musicals and stuff like this story and setting, it works. I didn't feel like it worked as as a movie. It, it was a, I, it felt rushed to me. Yeah. It's like I needed more. I don't I don't know. I didn't like it. Yeah. 
Now, what about before we just rattle? Well, the number one honorable mentions. Yeah, the the number ones we had. If you people didn't catch on, was Vito's number one was Batman eighty nine, obviously. Yeah, and my number one was Ed Wood, which we talked about earlier, and then Megan's obvious number one is Beetlejuice. Yeah, so those are the number ones. You know. Kind of blew it because we all talked about it already. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about honorable mentions, Megan. What are your honorable mentions? Um, like I said, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, is definitely an honorable mention, and obviously, Batman, the original Batman, because that is my Batman. Right. And it's a fucking amazing movie. Yep. Uh, Vito, what are your honorables? Uh, Beetlejuice. Okay, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's that's it. That's all you need, man. Um, my honorables, like I said, would have been uh. <clears throat> Batman Returns. I do think they would never make a list for me, but I do think there are aspects of, and I generally enjoyed the Alice movies, like the Wonderland movies. Yes, they were enjoyable. Yeah. A different kind of twist on them. Yeah. They're not good enough to me to be a top five. No. I know some people fucking adore those movies. They just love them. But for me, I'm too... uh, I'm too into like the Disney kind of Alice in Wonderland stuff that was such a big thing for me as a kid that Mm -hmm. I appreciate what they did I do like the look of it and stuff I think some of the acting is good I think some of the story is a little (laughs) forced but that what is it that the queen the queen what's her name queen of hearts or whatever her little henchman dude man that guy creeped me the fuck out (laughs) I hate that guy but the way he moves yeah yeah (laughs) stop moving (laughs) but they i mean they did a great job with the look of it and everything Mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's great yeah that was my only bitch um but it's just it's not i find it's not one of those where i really go like man i really want to watch that again it was like i watched it once and i was like yeah you know planet of the apes i thought had its moments and stuff but the ending was just fucking kind of ruined it it was like what yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being in a the theater and being really, really fucking pissed off at that. Yeah. I think most <laughs> yeah, no, I most people were. Most people were, man. So I you know what then? The the best ape movie has gotta be Congo then. Since <laughs> if that if that, you know Congo. Congo. <laughs> oh boy. Oh god, so we're saving that for we'll do it. We'll do a subject where we talk about ape movies, real ape related movies and stuff. That'll be a fun one. That'll be one. a good one, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm going to debate you on it. Congo's good, though. I like Congo. I just haven't seen it in, like, no. 25 years or something. It's uh, based off a Michael Crichton book. Yeah. That's when oh. they were making, like, every Michael Crichton book imaginable. Yes, they were. And Congo was always gets a bad rap. But There's a bunch of good ape movies, man. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of them in different kinds of, whether it's apes that were being experimented on or apes or Planet of the Apes or, like, yeah, or King Kong, or yeah. there's a yeah, that's quite a vast topic. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that someday. Um, for me, my main honorable mention though is Big Fish. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Okay, yeah, I won't give it away. Um, it's kind of complex. Give it away, but give it away now. Give it away. <laughs> wow, Jesus. Megan with the chili peppers over there. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't want to give away, but it it it's um, it's typical Burton in that it's fantastical it tells it has to deal with um, telling stories of uh, how stories kind of become almost like legends and stuff like that but it it deals with a uh, story telling a tale of his father and all this stuff on deathbed and all the 
it, it's a great movie. It's it, that's the movie. It gets me very emotional. It's a hard it's a hard mm-hmm. movie for me to watch because of the whole subject matter. Um, but it's very very good. It's it's different. If you have yeah, if you've like recently lost a parent or lost you know your father, if you have like issues with that, don't watch this movie because it'll it'll really tear at your uh, heartstrings there and stuff. But it's super well done. It's definitely mm-hmm. worth watching. Um, and that almost made my list, but just that and Batman Returns just just on the outside. Out. Yeah, just on the outside. So yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, another. A cute one that I watched was James and the Giant Peach. Okay, that was pretty adorable. I've seen. I've I was going to ask if that was a Burton film. I couldn't remember yeah. if, if he had done that one or yeah, not. Yeah, I thought that was really well done. That the ants or whatever is like fuck those bitches. They were terrible, but <laughs> it, it was cute. But not a top five, right? But worth a watch. Yeah, there's there's quite a few Burton stuff like that. That just because it didn't make our list doesn't mean we're saying it's like no good. It's just yeah, it was tough to make a list. It was. Well, yeah, that's what I said earlier, man. I mean, you know, you guys, lists changed just once you started doing research for the episode. It was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I got to swap this and this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's part of the fun for us with doing this whole thing. So, yep. All right. It's been fun yeah. being back in the saddle. So, hopefully, soon we will, uh, hopefully, sometime in the near future, we'll be able to keep doing this and. I, like I said, I think we given. Are we doing Batman next? Is that like a given at this point? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm make yeah. it totally happen. <laughs> yeah, v- Vito's gonna blow his shit if you don't. <laughs> you don't get to do Batman. Ted's gonna pop you, off. You, you brought it up. Yeah, he has no, to I'm. Do it now. I'm good with that. So I guess you know. There you go, folks. Tune in next time. Same bat place, same bat channel. Because after this, uh, yeah, nice segue going from Tim Burton's Batman to talking about. All the Batman, we're going to rank our favorite Batmans, you know, Batman movies, series, all that kind of stuff. That should be an interesting debate. A little hard, too, I it, think. It it can be a little bit a little bit hard, yeah. And where do you put Batman and Robin on that list? I mean, that's kind of... Uh, right in the trash <laughs> bin, you know. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some real... <laughs> some real good debates with sequel, man, here about this. So, All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as always, subscribe, like, yada, yada, yada. Come join us on Facebook. I'm sure most of you are on Facebook. Come join us at the Geeking Squad uh, group over there. Just, you know, ask to join and we'll let you in. We talk about all these topics and it's really cool. And to all our Geeking Squad members out there, thank you. Thanks for checking you it out. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Yep. Also, our Patreons. And our Patreons. Yeah, Couldn't do check, this without you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. and check out our Patreon because we're going to have uh, some exclusive content up there. If it's not up there by the time you see this, it's going to be it's up coming. There. Yeah, it's it's being worked on finally. A long time in the making. but Thank you for staying with us. Yeah, <laughs> It's summertime. <laughs> time to go. See you, everybody. Bye. Yeah. Bye.